The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the second half of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. And I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Maggie Anton, and her book is called The Enchanters, a novel of Rob Hasdi, Hizda's daughter, and it's a National Jewish Book Award finalist. It's just wonderful, wonderful storytelling. And it started with a choice or a prophecy. A woman recovering from devastating loss finds herself falling for a man she never thought she could love or whom she's fated to marry. And it's, it's a, a, just a, a wonderful book. It's the follow-up to the award-winning Roth Hista's Daughter. And Maggie Anton draws us back again into the fascinating world of Babylonia, when demons were feared and magic was accepted as real, and being an enchantress was respected and a prestigious profession. So welcome, welcome, Maggie. And um, I know that you've done so much writer. You're an award-winning author of historical fiction series, Rashi's Daughters and Rav Hista's Daughter. You're a Talmud scholar with an expertise in Jewish women's history. Thanks for coming on the program. Oh, it's uh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure oh. to be here. First of all, give us kind of the broad brush of the story, and then my major question is going to be, is how do we relate that to our life today? I think that's the real key. But tell us this kind of amazing um, you know, story. Well, um, after Rashi's Daughters, the trilogy was, was finished and published and, and, you know, successful. Of course, my publisher asked me if I had any more historical Jewish heroines that I wanted to write about. And immediately, Rav Hizda's daughter came to mind because I had read this little piece of Talmud where... You know, she's maybe eight, ten years old at the max, and she's sitting in her father's classroom, which is also kind of interesting that she's a girl in there, um, when suddenly, and this is straight from the Talmud, he calls up his two best students, and he asks her, who do you want to marry? And this is astonishing as it is. This is fourth century Babylonia. How many girls got a choice? Even of one guy, usually it's like, okay, here he is, and, you know, the wedding's in a month or tomorrow or something like that. But she not only has a choice of two, um, the two suitors are standing there right in front of her. Her father didn't take her in another room 
ask her privately, who do you want? No, it's right in front of the guys and in front of the whole class. And she replies, both of them. I mean, I was just absolutely like, whoa. And then the younger of the two, arguably more quick-witted, replies, I'll be the last one. And the Talmud tells us that that is what happens. First, she marries the older one. She has some kids with him. She's widowed. Um, and within 10 years, she's, uh, she marries the younger one and, and apparently lives uh, pretty happily ever after with him. And I was going, what a girl. What, how could she do that? What audacity. And I knew if anybody was going to tell her story, it would have to be me. <laughs> so... But that, that's pretty much all I knew about her from that piece of Talmud. And I then had to find out, does her story make a good story besides that? And I started doing research, what I could find out about her and her family. And that's when things got really interesting. Because I found out, straight from the Talmud, that her father cast spells that she knows some magic procedures, uh, how to protect from demons, and that her, her second husband, Rava, is not only one of the most powerful rabbis in the Talmud, he is certainly the most powerful sorcerer <laughs> in the Talmud. He could create a golem, a man, out of earth. And, and he can resurrect another rabbi who's killed. Um, and, so- and other things. So yes. why do you think this is so, I mean, it's captivating. It, it you know, just reminds me of their television series that have a lot of this in there. It's almost like witchcraft and spells and, and you know, I mean, it's, it's very mysterious and magical, if you will. What's the relevance for right now today? I mean, I, I, I can tell you what I think just as a layperson, but tell me your, your perspective. My my perspective, and I have always my I am looking to empower women yes. in in my writing to uh, give them examples of women in in history who were doing things that surprise us, impress us, mm-hmm. and certainly I was shaped like most people in my generation from America by you know. Walt Disney movies like uh, yeah. Snow White and, and, and also then Wizard of Oz, that, that witches are these old mm-hmm. uh, evil women in pointy black hats that, yeah. you know, like Hansel and Gretel. That, you know, but as I'm reading what the Talmud has to say, that sorceresses back then were healers. They were, mm. if not revered, they were certainly honored professionals. Mm-hmm. What they did was to help people, and this was a source of power for women in, in those days. In all the places in the Talmud where rabbis mentioned sorceresses, they don't, there's no witch hunts. They never condemn them. They consult them. They recommend how to find a good one. It, it's like we would say, how do you find a good doctor if, you, if you're having certain symptoms or problems? And I had no idea this world... Of, of powerful, intellectual, literate, I mean, you got to be really literate to write these incantations, that, that women had that kind of life, you know, what, 
1,500 years ago, and that our, you know, it, I find it very inspiring for to, as a woman today to see that there there were powerful women, that there were um, mm-hmm. educated women way back in the past, that we are we are following in our our uh, ancestresses footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find that a bit more comforting than the fact that we're alone forging a new relationship, you know, mm. taking a new place in the world as women. This well, is a place that we've had in the past, and we yeah. need to. Well, you know, if I look, I'm, I'm, and I'm just looking this up on the web. I mean, look at the movies that have been so popular recently: Harry Potter. Yes, and right, that's one. I mean, and then we have um, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And the sword and the stone. And I mean, there are, there are just... And Good old Angela Jolie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that? It's very interesting. I interviewed someone who talked about her and said that, that the whole idea of this was to show the good power of women in Maleficent. Yes. Instead, of just, instead of just the bad witch. Right. And witches have gotten... I mean, that's one of the things you'll notice... I, I had a real hard time it choosing what word to use in Enchantress because witch and sorceress, the English trans, you know, translations of the Hebrew and Aramaic that I ended up using, are such loaded words. They have, I mean, okay, yes, thank you, J.K. Rowling. We, ha- and, you know, we have good witches now that, that people are familiar with from Harry Potter. But by and large, a witch is like this evil old woman, and a sorceress uh, doesn't have a positive. You know, that we came up with the title enchantress. That was the most positive spin we could take. I mean, the word enchanting does sound, you know, something that women would like to be. Well, you, you know, I want to ask you this because I'm thinking of, you know, in today's world, where there are so many, we're learning much more about alchemy, we're learning about spirituality. You know, in this whole notion, Maggie, of um, calling in what we want, being magnetic, knowing we have angels with us, knowing that there's good forces. Isn't that all part of this? There's, I mean, people ask me, you know, do I believe in this stuff? Do, is, is, yes. is what I yeah. wrote real? Yeah. And I admit, I crossed the border in Enchantress. In, in my previous books, yes, there was. The characters believed in demons, they believed in spells, they were what some people would have called superstitious, but all the things that happened to them, you know, it could be magic, it could be real. When, when you cast a healing spell and someone gets better, um, they could get better or have gotten better anyway. Um, you know, if somebody casts a spell and the sandstorm changes direction, well, the wind could have changed direction anyway. But in Enchantress, I stepped over the line. There are really demons. And, and my character has to deal with them. And there's magic spells that work. They can create food and water, you know, out of nothing. Um, all of these spells are from the Talmud, by the way. I didn't have to make up any of this magic. Mm. But mm. I, I made the magic real. And I will be the first to admit that there's a whole lot of stuff we don't understand. There is... There is an unseen world, whether it's ESP, whether it's brainwaves, whether it's microwaves. I mean, come on, you know, my kitchen is full of magic 
compared to what someone 100 years ago would have thought if they walked into my kitchen, saw me put something in a box, push a button, and it gets warm. Uh, <laughs> we, there's, I, I, you know, I'm a scientist. I was a chemist for, uh, you know, for over 35 years working in a hospital laboratory. Um, I certainly know that the placebo effect, and I'm not the only one, the placebo effect is real. People get better taking placebos even when yeah. they know it's a placebo. Mm-hmm. So, of course, these sorceresses doing healing magic mm-hmm. could very well have healed people. Because yes. there's healing that goes on. We don't understand the whole mechanism for it. Um, mm. it so, and many, not many, but some of the incantations that I write about that are from the Talmud have made it into the prayer book. They've become blessings and prayers instead, you know, and it could be a kind of a fuzzy line between what's an incantation, what's a spell, what's a prayer. Oh, so a how do we then, both- how do we use this and not be afraid? You know, how do we use this in our life and not be afraid that, in fact, somebody might have power and cast a spell over us. Well, I I also know, you know, like the evil eye psychologically yes. is real. Yes. That that people in in Africa or, you know, voodoo stuff, if people think they're cursed, they they are they, you know, things happen to them. So, yeah. yeah. You know, part of it is is being powerful ourselves to say, I am not going to let this person, you know, have power over me. I am going to, um, you know, perhaps, uh, I mean, there's there's so many modern Mm -hmm. amulets for sale on the Internet. I have to tell you, look, the movie I was thinking of was The Witches of Eastwick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which was a great movie. It's about three single women in a picturesque village that have their wishes granted at a cost. Right. So, And generally, the the modern take on magic is that use it at your peril because there is a cost. Mm -hmm. And and, and my, my heroine also... There is a cost when you get involved in this kind in 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 any kind of powerful forces. There are you know politics being just an example. There will be people who who want power also that you that will see you as a competitor that will see you as a threat that will um, resent you and try and um, you know put put you down to raise up themselves. And the, the higher up you get, the more powerful your enemies will be. And that's one of the quandaries for, for my heroine is, do you fight dark magic with dark magic? Do you have to go, um, like in Star Wars, do you have to go over to the dark side in order to, um, you know, to fight uh, the darkness? And then... And this applies not just to magic, but just to everything in our in our life. When we don't, um, when when we're oppressed, when when we are, uh, things are happening to us that are not in our control. 
Right. All right, we're and, and take that's a really break. what magic is about, is bringing in something to help when you don't have control. Absolutely. And our guest is Maggie Anton. Her book is Enchantress. It's, uh, she is the, the author of Rob Hostie's Daughter, and the name of this book, again, is Enchantress. It's wonderful storytelling. We'll be back with Maggie Anton right after the break. Right here on Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and we're on VoiceAmerica.com. America's Voice will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Patricia Raskin, host of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Do you want to discover time-tested secrets to unleash your power to manifest your soulmate? It's all here in the Secrets to Finding True Love audio series from Evolving Wisdom. The Secrets to Finding True Love audio series guides you step-by-step through every approach and path to attracting love. I listen to the Secrets to Finding True Love series, and I gain so much insight and knowledge and wisdom and inspiration from world-renowned love experts. I was so captivated and so engaged. And the information is practical and timely. Over the past five years, Evolving Wisdom has helped thousands of people from over 100 countries and all walks of life to activate their power, celebrate the feminine, and manifest their soulmates. You can have the breakthrough you've been needing to make this your season of love. Log on to soulmateaudios.com. That's soulmateaudios.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hello, we are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and this is the second half of our hour. My guest is Maggie Anton, and her book, which is a novel, is called Enchantress. But it's really based on, you know, it draws us into the fascinating world of Babylonia at a time when demons were feared and magic was accepted as real, and being an enchantress was respected and a prestigious perfection. Profession. Not perfection, but but they but probably their spells were probably perfection. Incorporating authentic spells from archaeological sources, Maggie Anton weaves together Jewish lore, ancient magic, and a timely love story through the eyes of a courageous and powerful heroine. And this won the national it was a National Jewish Book Award finalist. 
And again, it's uh, it's in a land which is magically oriented. That's where the story lies. Welcome back, Maggie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All yeah, right. It's, it's- so you were telling me about, and I read about, there's a very special spell that's in this book that, Ra- that Rashi teaches his daughter. And it, it's a protective spell that I get we can use today, right? Right, right. The... Uh, the uh- for, for some reason, um, the rabbis are vulnerable to demon attack. They, they, even, the good, even the rabbis who are sorcerer, sorcerers cannot protect themselves from this. But, but Rav Hizda's daughter, my heroine, knows the special magic procedure technique to protect her, her husband, the powerful sorcerer himself, from the demons in the privy. And, of course, you know, demons live in nasty, disgusting places, so we're not surprised that they would live, you know, in the, you know, privy. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell everybody what it is, because when people ask me, is, this, is the magic real, I can tell you, well, here is one magic procedure that absolutely will work. And have because, you used well, it yourself? Oh, <laughs> uh, as you will hear, um, I, I've actually inadvertently been, been, been using it for, for years. Okay. Um, the the incantation actually has turned a modern prayer at, that that is said in the morning in at home or in the synagogue and along the lines of your go to the bathroom the uh, you say to you know thank you God for that all the tubes that are supposed to be open in my body are open and all the ones who, that are closed are, are that are supposed to be closed are closed otherwise I will not be able to stand before you. Well, that is part of an incantation that a person is supposed to make when they come out of the privy to protect themselves from demons while they wash their hands three times. And the Talmud tells us that if the person comes out of the privy and doesn't do this to wash off the demons, and then they touch their eyes, the demons will get in there and you'll go blind. And, um, and if you... If, if you don't do this, and you touch your nose, the demons will get in your respiratory tract, and you'll get, uh, you know, all kinds of, you know, horrible respiratory diseases and breathing problems, and heaven forbid you, you come out of the privy and you don't do this procedure, and you touch your mouth, the demons will get in there, you'll have intestines like they did not even have in Egypt. And of course, I was in the lab for 35 years. The best thing you can do. Is, All right, go uh, ahead and tell us. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath hands, here. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Of course it works. You don't want to get sick. Just substitute viruses and bacteria for demons, and and you have the most uh, uh, you know prophylactic kind of uh, behavior one one could do. You and don't I'm say anything. Sure that, There's nothing that we would say. Is there? Is there an incantation that we say? No, you don't have to. Look, the incantation's irrelevant. Just wash your hands three, you know, long enough three times. I think they say ten seconds. I have to, to tell you uh, something here. You, you know, I, when you're done in the bathroom. Yeah, I have to tell you, it's very interesting in the religious Jewish community when they have Shabbat and they they before they eat they say a prayer over the wine they'll say that prayer and then they wash their hands three times before yeah. they say the prayer over the bread is there Washing a connection hands, here yeah i mean it's they saw, they saw it as a magical or spiritual 
procedure, and what's the reason that people are supposed to wash their hands when they come out of the cemetery? It's not because you did anything in there that got your hands dirty. It's to wash off the demons and evil spirits that tend to hang out in a, in a cemetery. So, um, you know, when, you know, reading that, absolutely that. So, wash your hands, period. Right, right. Say whatever you like. Thank, thank, uh, you know, thank uh, God uh, and whoever that, that you are alive and well and able to, you know, function while you're at it. Um, we, uh, we take too much, those of us these days with good health that most of us have, I mean, back then in, in 4th century Babylonia, you know, four, 40% of kids didn't see their 10th birthday. Wow. We, uh, you know, we've got modern medicine that, that certainly they would have seen as magic. Mm. Wow. So people lived till they were 10 years old. Well, actually, <laughs> no, no. I mean, a lot of kids died young, and, and a lot of women died in childbirth. Most people didn't, uh, you know, when they say, oh, life, you know, average, you know, average kid lived to a certain age, that doesn't mm. mean that, you know, that's when most people died. That just means half right. the people were, uh, mm. didn't live that mm. long. Mm. All right, Maggie, what would you like as your takeaway? We're just about out of time. So what's the message you want to leave our listeners with about this wonderful book, Enchantress? Um, I, I want to leave the, the message that, yes, there, there, it, there is magic in the world. I don't know exactly how to define it. But there is certainly love in the world, and, and as you said, a, a timeless love story also in, mm-hmm. uh, in Enchantress. And, okay. and I think that, that love and magic uh, go together. They're both unseen, undescribable, mm-hmm. and, and, and can and should be a blessing to us. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. Thanks so much, Maggie. And how sure. can people get the book? Uh, they can get the book at their favorite bookseller. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There's e-versions. There's print versions. There's audio. They can listen to okay. it, you know, on their, you know, there's an audio version. Wonderful. All the usual places. My publisher right. Penguin, one of the big ones. Thank you. Oh, I'll have to listen to the audio version. That will be wonderful. Enchantress by Maggie Anton, the author of Rashi's Daughters. All right, folks. Remember. Uh, this ends this version of this segment of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. I'll be with you next Monday again for a full hour with two great guests. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm now doing peop- I'm do- now doing phone coaching for people in transition and going through change. Uh, I have a master's in counseling, and I've also just finished a certification. So write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. I'd love to work with you. Remember, stay healthy and stay happy, and I'll be with you next week. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 